Hello, pod people, Duck Hunt, and welcome to another edition of the IGN UK podcast. My name is Chris Tilly, I will be your host, and this week I'm joined by my sons, Luke and Rory. Duck How are you doing, boys? Good, good. Good, very good. Which one of us is the older sibling? Luke. Obviously. What? Why? Obviously. Because I am actually older. Yeah, but... Yeah. And he's wiser. Oh. Mm. Uh, welcome back from Germany. Yeah. Thank you. It's Thank been you. good. Did you miss us? So- uh, I did. Yeah? Not that much, though. <laughs> it's much nicer being here without you. It's more productive. But it's nice to have someone to talk to. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about GameCon a little bit later on in the podcast, though. We awesome. are. We're going to kick off by talking about something that you came up with, Luke. What has happened? I did. So... Des- well, Bungie have announced that they are getting rid of Peter Dinklage's voiceover in Destiny. So, if you didn't know, he did the voice of Ghost, which is your AI companion who follows you around. Um, and when he when it was first announced, he came under kind of a lot of a lot of flack for how kind of disinterested he sounds. It's very monotonous, and yeah. Kind of, and there's there's one famous line which is that wizard came from the moon, <laughs> and it's just like, we've got it on site. It's just completely. It's it's you know it's you have to commit to this dialogue to make it work. And but, he but equally, I mean, we had a story about this recently with from what David Cross said. Yeah, that he uh, David Cross and Brian Persain were brought in to write funny lines for their mm-hmm. character, for Ghost, yeah, uh, to give it a bit more personality. And then they chose not to use anything that they wrote. And so maybe I don't know. Maybe he thought he was going to do something funny when he signed well, up. Well, it or- could have just been. Well, it could have just been him. Like, but interestingly, mm. what they've done is so. They, they've argued anyway that um, because they are now releasing an expansion, The Taken King, in September, they decided because Dinklage is too busy, allegedly, now would be a good time to replace him. So all of his old dialogue has been scrapped, all of it, and they've actually got Nolan North, who does so many video game voices. Sure. You know, he's Every video Nathan, game voice. Yeah, he's yeah. Nathan Drake, I think, is he's best known for. But um, the, he's now re-recording all of the original dialogue. And then he'll do the new dialogue. And their excuse being, oh, no, it's nothing to do with Dinklage's performance. It's literally just we need someone who's more available who can come in at the drop of a hat and do stuff. They also said that Ghost, the the robot, was going to have more of a role in the yeah. new version. But then the only description was they gave is like, oh, he's going to be more involved. When you scan items on the map, it's going to give you narrative. Which, like, which was already in the game. Pretty much exactly what it did the last <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but so, I don't know, like, as we said, if... If um if David Cross was kind of brought on to write these jokes and they deliberately didn't include them, mm. then maybe um you know this monotonous kind of boring ghost was a deliberate yeah was the deliberate idea yeah that they were going just, for. But it sounds like they're listening to the fans a little bit on this one then. Yeah, yeah. So I think it sounds like a good shout. Um, but basically, building on that, we then thought recasting what have been the highs and the lows throughout lows, history, lows, lows. the history of film and TV. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's start off by um, suggesting some recasting that we've actually liked. Do you want to do the first one, Rory? I would love to do the first yeah. one. So my first one is Back to the Future. Ah, the one I was going to do because <laughs> exactly. everyone knows it's my favourite film. Well, it's also one of my favourite films. Okay. So, well, I'm sure is... you know the story behind this much better than I do, so let's, <laughs> yeah. let's go. Feel free to chip in. You know, if you want to do it, just so you, know, you make yeah, sure that... Crank okay. it up. No, um, so originally, they casted uh, Eric Stoltz to play yeah. Marty McFly, and they actually filmed, I believe it was, uh, five weeks of footage with him into mm-hmm. the movie before they realised it wasn't really a good fit. How would people know who Eric Stoltz is? Eric Stoltz is an actor. Yeah. Do you know any of his roles? I don't know. <laughs> he, was, he was in a film called Mask, actually, based on a true story about a kid who was very badly deformed. He wore a prosthetic. His share was his mum. Did he get an Oscar for that? Or Oscar nominated? she did. Oh, okay. Uh, or she certainly got nominated. He might, might got nominated. Yeah. He, yeah. It's a really good film, actually. I he, kind of know that through pop culture references on, like... 
Family Guy and stuff, yeah. which is not great. He's also in Pulp Fiction, actually, as well. well who is he playing in Pulp Fiction? Uh, he's kind of like a drug dealer. I think it's the scene where the woman has to, uh, where Uma Thurman has to have the... Uh, the I think I know who you're talking so about. Like yeah. Adrenaline shot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, okay carry on. Carry um, on. Well, originally they had <laughs> wanted Michael J. Fox, but because of scheduling issues, they had to go uh, with Eric. What were the scheduling issues on? The scheduling issues were on another film that he was working the on. The TV show Family Ties. <laughs> yes, yes, that was it. I did read that, and I did not make <laughs> it out of it. Going. I'm doing punchy. I'm doing like bullet points, keeping it, keeping it fresh. Keeping <laughs> Sorry, it I'm sliding this down. <laughs> um, but you can actually you can actually see some of the original footage that was shot with him and. It definitely was a uh, direction in the right place. The humor is not really there. Michael J. Fox has such a great face for expressions. You know, when he goes back and he's so lost in this time, it's, he's so great. The eyes and the way he just yeah. interacts with the environment. The eyes, he has them. Uh, he does. He has two of them, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't write that down either, but just in case, Chris Good. wanted to chip in with that as well. But um, I think that was one of my, my favorite, because as we said, one of our favorite films of all time. Yeah. And I can't really imagine anyone favorite. but Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Uh, in the role yeah it's funny like this was you know I was around when the film came out and you kind of heard tell of this in magazines mm. but there was no internet back then yeah. obviously and it was just something that over the years bits and pieces have come out like it, initially it was just a photograph I remember in a book I got in about 1990 they had a photograph mm-hmm. from of, of Eric Stoltz in the role it was like it was like wow how different would that have been yeah. and then and then you know with the internet footage started coming out and now they they even talk about it I haven't heard Stoltz go on record much but yeah. certainly Zemeckis Spielberg um, uh, Tom Wilson who plays Biff has talked about it oh, and uh, yeah they, they, he just he wasn't learning the humour as you said yeah. and I think it was Spielberg was looking at the rushes as producer and, and wasn't impressed and Zemeckis knew there was something up and also there was a problem on set like I've heard them talking about the fact that he, he insisted on being called Marty off camera that's and, a bit and he was just took it all very very seriously I mean that that's his process I guess yeah but it's not but, that kind of film but right? yeah and, and Tom Wilson who plays Biff said there's a scene where they have a little like a little scuffle and, and, and Eric was Eric Stoltz was really pushing him like really hard and he t- asked him to stop and he wouldn't and so it was just like it wasn't a happy set I don't think mm. and so yeah, everything changed. As you're right, that film would not have been the film it is, I think, if no. it had been him in the role. But I mean, it was because you've never done comedy since, really. You've never yeah. seen him in humorous roles. Well, he does have quite a, even from the, the kind of rushes that I saw, very serious acting on quite mm. a humorous uh, premise. Mm. Um, but I mean, it seemed like a really difficult decision. Apparently, it cost the studio about $3 yeah. million dollars yeah. to go back and reshoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, to, to already have. You know, set. You start your film. All the cast are on set to then restart that process. And to make them do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's got to be really difficult. But as I said, overall, and, and, definitely. And, Jay, and they shot the whole film after that at night. Then because Jay Fox was doing Family Ties in the day. Oh my god, Jeez. he was getting like one two hour sleep per night when he did that. Poor guy. Pulled it off though. Yeah, love uh, Fox. Luke. What yes. Have you got? So mine's a bit of a kind of a different one. Mine's a kind of interfilm changing. So uh, mm. Rachel Dawes in the Dark Knight saga. So obviously they started off in the first one with Katie Holmes. Yeah. And then it's yes. Maggie Gyllenhaal um, for for the second one. So. I just kind of was thinking about you know I mean I don't know the reasoning behind it. Do you know why that that was done? But I think that was for example. Do you know why that was done? I thought, I thought, I thought you were going to come in and tell us the story. <laughs> well, no, 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 because I'm, I'm that taking was the it, premise. I'm Luke, taking that you it tell different, us. So different. <laughs> um, I forget. I know that people didn't seem to like her performance. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Was she pregnant? I can't even remember now. Um, but um, I, I always thought that people were quite. I didn't think she was that bad. I think that a, a lot of people were critical of her, but I think that was um, around the time of the whole Tom Cruise marriage stuff, and everyone oh, was quite, really fixated on that. The worst press that. conference I ever went to was f- for that movie. Really? And they said no personal questions at the start of the press conference, and 
every you had Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Christian Bale, Chris Nolan on stage. Every question was directed to her and was about Tom Cruise. Ugh. It was to the, to the point they had to stop the press conference. It was Jeez. embarrassing. Uh, wrong. Yeah. But um, I don't know because it's interesting because she her version of Rachel Dawes was a lot more kind of cutesy and you know kind of girl next door a lot more innocent yeah. and then when you get to Maggie Gyllenhaal she's a lot more kind of tough, tough she, yeah. rough and yeah. ready you know and um, just obviously the scene where it all kind of goes wrong for her and you know in when she, she dies in the, in the second one I think that's a lot more kind of I, I, part of me wonders if if it had still been Katie Holmes and she had been a lot more innocent, you know, if that would have been more kind of mm. traumatic or what have you. But similarly, there's so much that goes on through the film with you know her pushing with Maggie Gyllenhaal pushing Christian Bale, like you know, and the, yeah. and the mm. kind of fight between them yeah. that I don't think Katie Holmes could have pulled off. So you just wonder how different a film they or films they would have been. Yeah, well, it's also just one of those things. One of the problems that you have when recasting actors is. Um, you know, if, if something's going to happen that's significant to that character and they've just been recast, then will the audience have that emotional connection mm. if it's a new actor, that an unfamiliar face playing a yep. similar character? Which could happen with Spider-Man, um, you know, if there's going to be a pivotal point in Civil War movies and something happens with Tom Holland and no one really has a connection mm. aside from the Spider-Man outfit. It's just one of the challenges because they're probably going to face. Because the one about this, because there's so many, but the one about this that really drew me, and I think this is a good one because I think it worked for the stories that, mm. and the tones of the films that were yeah. being given, but they didn't just change the actresses, they changed the characters as well. You know, they, yeah. you weren't asking Maggie Gyllenhaal to play Katie Holmes' version of Rachel Dawes. You know, she was playing her own. And um, it, mm. But I think that then worked for the second film. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting one because in a lot of these scenarios, you know, these people kind of slot in, like, you know, mm. Coronation Street or what have you. They slot in and it's oh just like, God, it's stand awful. in the back, don't say anything, yeah. and yeah, pretend you're the same for the first six months. <laughs> so, uh, like, you know, it's just, an, I just thought it was quite an interesting one. Yeah, well, I've got a superhero one as well. Uh -huh. um, it's kind of like iterations, though, this one is. It's, it's the Hulk. Mm. So we've had, you know, the Hulk on TV in the 80s was great. Bill Bixby yeah. really captured the pathos of that character. And the TV show wasn't brilliant, but he his performance was really, really strong. And the movies just weren't quite able to capture it. So you had Eric Banner in the first movie. Yeah. And then uh, Edward Norton in the second movie. Now, they're both really good, you know, Oscar-nominated, critically acclaimed actors. But for whatever reason, it didn't quite click with audiences. I mean, I think Banner, he had the right name. Yeah. But he, um, <laughs> like, I just, he's a little bit dull. Yeah. I thought his Hulk was. I quite liked uh, Edward Norton's. His was, his was better, I think. I prefer mm -hmm. Norton. And the, film, and the film was more successful. And yet, for whatever reason, I mean, uh, there's, you know, you hear rumours about Nor Norton causing problems behind the scenes, and they didn't really want him for that ensemble yeah um, and so Mark Ruffalo was brought in and then just suddenly it all seemed to come together though like it felt like the right actor for the right role finally like it does seem I can't really imagine Norton in the Avengers no. like on screen with the rest of them it does seem like a, like a bit of a clash but because Ruffalo just fits so well him and Tony Stark like the chemistry between he's them he's quite a good ensemble so actor well. um, but mm. I, I don't know I mean for me personally I still don't know if Ruffalo's quite hit it but I don't know who I would then put in that in that role yeah you know but I, I, I do you think Norton should have been in the Avengers and no, given that opportunity I, I, complete, I completely he's such a good agree. actor though he is so good he Bird is man. Oh. But, oh. but I do agree that the kind of chemistry between uh, Danny Jr mm. and the rest of the group with Ruffalo also yeah. there is there is something quite I mean the I mean I suppose it's nice to think about the idea between Black Widow and um, between you know, Scarlett Johansson and Ed Norton would that have been 
more believable would that have been more engaging to watch I kind of mm. think that in actual fact it, there's something quite endearing about Ruffalo and especially given the event how it all pans out then in the second Avengers the, yeah. the you Hulk know, has got to be a really, the Hulk has got to be a really difficult character to play <laughs> because you're kind of someone who's dealing with these this ability that you have but every time you actually have it you're not being you, filmed yeah. not on screen exactly <laughs> yeah. I wonder how that kind of works well, you know all the Avengers doing their action scenes and getting in character and then he doesn't he's probably not even on set for any of those days yeah that, that's that's why the TV show works so well because you really got a sense of the tragedy like it was it was like a tragedy that show yeah. certainly the beginning and the end of each episode when he was just having to leave town and move on because he couldn't stay because he was putting anyone he cared about in danger mm. uh, that was really interesting so yeah it'll be interesting to see but I don't know if he will get a standalone movie but I think they've improved along the way right next one next one is the Indiana Jones trilogy and yes I worded that very deliberately yeah <laughs> so George Lucas and Steven Spielberg actually originally cast do you know this oh, I assume you know this <laughs> do you know this Luke no I don't know No. they originally cast Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones oh I've I know a, I've written a feature about it so I didn't I, didn't. So, I, yeah, wish, so, I you know, wish that had yeah. happened that would have been amazing the mustache and everything yeah. oh my gosh it would be amazing um and he actually got the part. He got the part. But at the same time, he was also auditioning for Magnum P.I. Yeah. And he, I think it was due to kind of uh, deals with the, whatever the new, or the television company that was producing Magnum P.I. Yes, he actually, is. yeah, he had to go with that and had to turn down Indiana Jones. Um, and three weeks before they actually started filming the, the movies, they brought in Harrison Ford. Thank goodness that they did. I mean, well, I never actually saw any footage of, of, um, there is there is footage of him online actually. There's footage of him screen testing with Sean Young as Marion, who yeah. didn't go on to play Marion. Um, it became kind of a punchline because I feel like Tom Selleck became like a punchline, and I actually think he's a really good actor. And I think he would have been a good Indiana Jones. Like, yeah. I don't think he would have been any better than Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was perfect, but like, it, it became kind of a running joke that oh man, can you imagine if Tom if Magnum had played him because he's got that moustache. Yeah, that's and, the, the moustache. You know what? He's got charisma. He's very manly. He's funny. He can do action. Like, I don't think it would have been a terrible. He was still quite sexy though, wasn't he back then? Really like, sexy. I mean, he, I think he that was still, a look. I think he still is. Yeah. Well, Those in shorts. Friends, he's still got a little yeah thing about him. But um. Yeah, these things happen for a reason. The fun, funnily enough, that a very similar thing happened um, later that decade for James Bond. Oh. The uh, Bond producers wanted Pierce Brosnan to play James Bond, mm -hmm. and he was on a TV show called Remington Steel, yeah. playing quite a similar character, actually. And uh, the TV guys wouldn't let him out of their contract. And so his, his moment passed, and they gave it to Timothy Dalton. But it didn't work out with Timothy Dalton, so he got, it, he got a second bite of the cherry. But Pierce Brosnan nearly played Bond when he was much younger. Wow. Yeah. That would have been interesting. It would have been interesting if, if the Indiana Jones franchise had kind of followed along the lines of the Bond franchise. Could you imagine if, you know, they do maybe three films and they'd have a new Indiana Jones? Well, that's what the talk new... is now, that, that how they do this. and They're going to do another Indiana Jones movie. There's no yeah. doubt. And it's whether they, they recast the role. I mean, the idea with Shia LaBeouf coming on board was that he would take over. Yeah. But that obviously didn't work out. <laughs> Not at and all. And so it's whether if, say, Chris Pratt does get the part, whether he will play Indiana Jones or whether he'll play... I think they probably will just he'll I think they will do it like Bond 
I, I think, think it so. will be I'm up for that. I don't want to see Chris Pratt. I think I'm I'm getting a little bit Jennifer Lawrence with Chris Pratt. That's that's my worry is that he there's a lot a of him. saturated. Yeah, and, and especially what happens is they film all these things, and then they all come out in like such a short space of time because of the release windows, and you're just like, oh, is it another Chris Pratt film? But it's the problem that he's been in so many other things because I think he would make a fantastic Indiana Jones. Like but just you know, the look and that kind of like. I'd like to see Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> You'd like to see Jennifer. You know what? I think it's her time. Um, she's looking for something off the mistake. That would be very impressive. Um, right, Luke. So, <clears throat> actually, this one, I saw it and I was like, that can't be true. And I had to go back and look at it and I was like, right, okay, this has to be included. So, in Arrested Development, um, everyone knows they recast Marta, you know, um, Job's girlfriend at one stage. Yes. But they recast Anne Veal, which I didn't realise. But that's part of the hilariousness this is the of thing. it. So, no one realized. I didn't realise they recast her. So the original plan was apparently, she was made to be forgettable and noticeable, you know, bland. And, you know, Annabelle, because her body's kind of shaped like a bell. <laughs> Basically, then she, she was designed to be really so forgettable well. and unnoticeable. So the, the plan apparently originally was they're going to have a different actress who looks quite similar each episode. So each time she appears to it's see if anyone idea. knows. Yeah, yeah. So the first one who did it was um, Alessandra Torresani. And so she did the first appearance of Anne. And then after that, it was Mae Whitman. And after Mae Whitman did it, they were like, this girl's good. This girl is perfect. You know what? Screw it. Let's just keep her because she is like the embodiment of Anne, which I guess is a compliment. But Bland I, personified. And so <laughs> Alessandra Torresani, proving herself to be the real Anne, has pretty much been forgotten. Wow. But like you, so like I had to I actually, didn't know that. This is the thing. I had to That's look funny. back at the first appearance of Anne and I'm like that is definitely not Mae Whitman like that is someone else yeah. and so I was like you know what that is the best recasting that worked like they got rid of they got rid of the original Anne that's quite that's a funny idea as well <laughs> one I didn't yeah. know about when I was doing my research um the original Emperor in Star Wars yeah. Yeah. Uh, was a woman. Oh, what? Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. It was the wife of the effects because under loads of prosthetics. Did you see the eyes? Ah. She had these huge bulbous eyes. Yeah, it doesn't really what? do anything. And then, <laughs> and then there, what was he called? McDermott, Ian McDermott. Yeah, Ian they McDermott. Got, got the role for, for Empire, but that made me laugh. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop <clears throat> uh, was originally a Mickey Rourke film. Mm-hmm. But then he pulled out because uh, they couldn't get pull the deal together again in time. Uh, Stallone. It was a Stallone movie for quite a long time. I remember that's when I first heard about it. Stallone was going to be in this new cop movie. And it was going to be an action film, not a comedy. Yeah. Stallone is not good at comedy. Um, <laughs> and he, 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 he got involved with it. And it was going to be... Uh, he wasn't going to be Axel Foley. He was going to be Axel Cabretti. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Driving around a Lamborghini, uh, you know, having a sexy girl that he has a love interest. And it was just a totally different film. And then because the action was getting bigger and bigger, uh, two weeks before the film was due to start, he dropped out. Yeah. They, they, they didn't want to fund what he wanted. <laughs> and so they, they got Eddie Murphy on board, rewrote it. And like the rest is history. It became, you know, the most successful comedy of the 80s, pretty much. Yeah, That's huge. So so it changed the, the whole tone of the yeah. film. Well, it seems like so many of these, like, you know, with Back to the Future as well, and even Indiana, can you imagine how different like popular culture would be and stuff with a lot more mustaches? <laughs> a lot more like mustaches. Yeah. Indiana Jones. Fashion we all have mustaches yeah. right now. Yeah, you never and whips <laughs> and whips. <laughs> right, let's. Those were good ones. Those are ones we liked. Mm. Let's go negative. Let's go into the negative yeah. zone. Where? So I really, really, really struggled to find any negative recastings because most of the time, because you googled them and all this were of good ones that you were. Yeah, 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 it was. Hard it's hard to find a negative one. Classic. Um, so my one is a little. It's very Rory. Okay. I'll say it like that. Okay. Oh, so God. don't feel don't, don't feel too bad if you can't release. 
Ash Ketchum Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously it's it's a Japanese show, yes. so it needs to be when it's brought over completely redubbed in English. Uh, the, the first Ash <clears throat> was a voice actress called Veronica Taylor, and she voiced it for eight seasons. Yep. And you know. As soon as it came over, Pokemon exploded and it was huge and all the kids were watching it. Everyone yeah. loved it. And you know, when you're a kid, you don't really have a lot to latch onto in cartoons. So the voice is, is a big part of the character. <clears throat> and it was originally done by a company called 4Kids Entertainment. But after the eight seasons, they lost the license, which meant that they completely, they changed the studios who were producing it. And they changed essentially every voice actor on the cast so everyone and uh, ash was changed to uh casey rogers now if you've seen the show before ash is kind of like young he's got like a raspy voice and things like that uh, K- uh, casey went a little bit deeper with it <laughs> and uh a little raspier with it kind of like a chain smoking 11 year old or 10 year old you know out on adventures and i can only i remember watching this as a kid and it's one of those things that you're like oh a new pokemon comes out and it was really jarring, really jarring. It's like a different show. And it's not just her, it's like the, the whole cast was changed. And you're seeing these familiar faces, but you're yeah. like, that's not the person like I know that yeah. I grew up with. It was, it was very, very weird as a kid to have that. But um, so that was one of my bad ones. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Thank you. Good, bad, bad, one. One. good, bad, good one. bad one. Good bad one. Luke, what's your bad one? So, Luke, you've got proper notes. Yeah, I'm impressed. I know. Well, I thought I'd I just be- write down BHC for Beverly Hills Cup. <laughs> Well, I thought I'd better go. I've uh, written all caps. Tom Selleck. See, I thought I better, I better do this one. So, um, my one is get, so Game of Thrones does a lot of recasting. Yes. Um, so the mountain three times. Now. I know, and so and some of it's good. Like I think the final mountain we get is good. Uh, they recast Tommen again. Good. Marcella. Don't really see the point, but hey, something to do. Um, there, there have been a couple of occasions though when I've been like, right, this really, really. It hasn't worked, but it's been for it's been for similar reasons like conf- uh, clashes with um, scheduling, um, and the one that I really don't like is Dario Naharis, who um, you know becomes one of Daenerys's, uh, you know, <clears throat> starts off as kind of a bodyguard and a mercenary, and then basically becomes her lover as things go on. So um, he was originally played by. Um, Ed Screen, um, and then for season three, mm-hmm. and then for Ed season Ed Screen, f- who I think we might have come in the office very soon. Oh well, so so he had to leave because he got a, ro- a lead role in the next Transporter film. Yes, apparently. So um, where he plays a younger version of Jathan Statham's character. Indeed. So um, he was played replaced by uh, Mikhail uh, Huisman, apparently. Who is so he's now done it for season four and season five and and for season six. Um, and just for me personally, the character, it's another one of these situations, these Rachel Dawes situations, but this one didn't work for me because whereas it was the character that changed as well, but the character before was one that I actually thought was was better. Um, like for, Certainly from reading the book, I thought he was a rough and rugged mercenary and he's a bit too much of a pretty boy kind of now in, in the more recent ones, which doesn't sit with me. And he's, he's openly said he completely changed it. So he spoke to the Daily Beast and he said, they allowed me to reinvent it, told me to keep in mind what the character had gone through in the backstory, but then take from there and give my own interpretation, which is great because it would have been hard to replicate what someone else had done. Mm. Um, they were hoping that although we'd ever already seen him a couple of times, the audience would forgive the change and accept me as Daria from now on. And it's fine. It's just for me me from the look like you know he was a kind of 
you know, slightly grizzled, kind of like chiseled mercenary. Yeah. Now he is very kind of pretty, you know, long flowing locks, you know, bronze skin, very uh, Brad Pitt in but now Troy. Now he's pretty like romantic as well. And that's kind of like, and it's not it's really, not, it's not helping the, it's the, not really who, who he was. Um, and also, especially from as someone like who's read the books and stuff, it's not the character that I envisioned, which is actually quite unusual because I, I do think, in a lot of instances in Game of Thrones, they've been quite good at getting it spot on mm. from how I saw the characters. Yeah. So, and, it's, and it's, I think I wouldn't have minded so much if it was introduced that way. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you've changed the character. But because they nailed it originally for me and then they changed it, I'm like, that didn't quite... You'll have to tell Ed if he comes into the office. I'll be like, yeah, no, he was, he was my Dario. He's doing all right, though. He's uh, after the <coughs> transporter refueled. He's in Deadpool as well. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Very good. So is that presumably what we'd be getting him in for? Uh, transporter. Okay. Really they should have a character in Game of Thrones, a Lannister called Lady Anne, and they'll change her every season. See if anyone notices. See what we did there. I think that'd be quite funny. <laughs> uh, my one that I don't like, it's probably a bit unfair because it's not recasting as such. It's just uh, they remade the movie mm. or readapted the book, uh, Trial and the Chocolate Factory. And yeah. I don't know, I just grew up with Gene Wilder's performance so ingrained in my brain and it freaked me out so much that I can't imagine, I don't imagine any other Willy Wonka. Mm. You know, the book was Gene Wilder for me. And so to see Johnny Depp just trying so hard in the Tim Burton movie, and it was, I mean, it made $800 million or something crazy. So people obviously liked it. But for me, it just, I don't know, I didn't like that. I was the same as you, because I went in not really knowing a lot about what the performance was going to be like. And having, as you said, the original so defined in my mind that when I saw this one, it just... The magic wasn't there. It was just something completely different. Mm. It, it wasn't Willy Wonka to me. It was no. And he said it kind of based on Walt Disney and Michael Jackson or something like that. It was just mm. I'm not I'm not a huge Johnny Depp fan anyway. When yeah. he's when he's doing that kind of acting, which is all he seems to do these days. Mm. I mean, I, I I kind of was the same. I grew up with Charlie and the Chocolate <clears throat> Factory. Um, or wasn't it was it Willy and the Wonka and the yeah, Chocolate yeah, Factory and then Wonka. renamed it yeah, or whatever yeah. and then they renamed it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So I remember when it was Willy Wonka. Um, Why were they renamed? <clears throat> alliteration. I don't know. Shigs, something to do. Um, so, but I really preferred hit like Gene Gene Wilder's version, yeah. and I so I didn't actually see the um, Johnny Depp one in in the cinema. And then when it was on Sky Movies one day, like out of a morbid curiosity, when I got older though, and then saw him in Blazing Saddles, <laughs> that blew my mind. <laughs> it was like Willy Wonka. What well, are you doing, yeah. Willy? Yeah, it was definitely one of the weirder moments of my childhood. Have you, yeah. have you seen his comedies with Richard Pryor? Oh my lord! No, Sil- so. Silver Streak and Stir Crazy are the two ones to watch. I've seen Silver Streak. Yeah, I haven't seen funny. Stir Crazy. Oh wait, no, maybe I have seen Stir Crazy. It's when they go to prison. Oh, maybe I haven't. No, it's very funny. But the, the kind of the reason I brought that up, though is there was just a bit of news this week that I quite liked that I could yeah. segue Ooh, into. Um, Spielberg is making a movie of the book Ready Player One, which yes. if you haven't read, you need to read. If you ever spend any time on IGN, you need to read this book because it's it's written for people like us. Yeah. Um, and there is a Willy Wonka-like character in it. He's kind of like a cross between, say, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and Willy Wonka. Mm. Really old, who... who um, passes away at the start of the start of the book and uh, apparently there's rumours that Spielberg might be trying to get Gene Wilder to come out of retirement to play the role oh, it would just be amazing that would be, that would be phenomenal um, how old is he now he's really old okay. he's really I don't know if he could even do it and he retired a long time ago yeah um, I think he said he would come out of retirement for Mel Brooks 
Of course. But, 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 um, it's not that, because it uh, it might not be that big a role, though. It could be something that he could provisionally. But anyway, I thought that was really interesting. We could be be getting a kind of new iteration of his Willy Wonka. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, let's talk about this week's Cup of Joe. And that's thanks to Kyle Chester Marsden, who he's, yeah, he provided this week's Good and Bad. This is my favourite thing so far. Cup of Joe, and we'll get on to what the negative one is. Later. Cup I like Joe. Joe. Although uh, that's coffee and I don't like coffee, so this is a problem for me. Right, well, that's... Do you have any caffeine, like at all, in your diet? Just yes. cocaine. Okay. <laughs> tea? Uh, mm, the, odd, the odd cup of tea. Okay. Is there caffeine in cocaine? Mm. Let's move on. Let's, let's stop talking about <laughs> cocaine. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, sorry. Luke. Okay, so my bit of news that I was very excited about was Warcraft 4 may happen. And this is because... Um, so Warcraft started life as a real-time strategy series like Command and & Conquer, and then it, it had three incredibly successful iterations. And then World of Warcraft kind of took over the story, and for years, the developers have basically said, look, World of Warcraft is Warcraft 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Like, this is the future of the franchise. Don't really expect us to, to revisit it. And now Starcraft is the one that kind of holds the RTS um, flag for Blizzard. But during uh, Gamescom, I got to talk to the uh, lead producer of StarCraft 2. And they basically, and he basically said, right, well, now we've finished StarCraft. We're coming up to release in the final chapter of StarCraft 2. Um, and you know what? We will definitely consider a Warcraft RTS because people have thought about it, you know, been asking for it. Um, he didn't say they'd do it, but he said, we'll consider it. Yeah. Um, we'll consider another StarCraft mm. or a new kind of intellectual property. But what's really interesting is, you know, for years they've been so adamant. Nope, nope, nope. It's, you know, Warcraft is the way, World of Warcraft is the way. Um, this is quite an interesting thing. And it's just interesting for the genre um, because real-time strategy games have kind of died a death because Warcraft 3 birthed the whole <laughs> MOBA thing, which is, you know, Dota 2, League of Legends, all of those oh, games yeah. that Rory loves. Um, so, Warcraft 3 birthed that, um, a mod of Warcraft 3 did that. So it would be really, really interesting now to see if they actually made a sequel to the game that started it all. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, because also something else that um, I spoke to the Heroes of the Storm, which is Blizzard's MOBA, I spoke to those guys during Gamescom, and they did say they might be looking at a Warcraft 3-esque mode, like almost kind of reverse engineering it to put into the game. So it's good to know that Blizzard is still, is still thinking about it. Um, but yeah, for me, I was just kind of like, this is awesome. And my personal theory is the most, because everyone's like, how could it coexist with World of Warcraft? And how, my, Luke, how? Well, I'll tell you, young Rory. <laughs> Basically, they have um, created an alternative timeline in the most recent Warcraft expansion, which not a lot of people have liked. But at the end of the expansion, it very much seemed they were then sealing that off and they're like, right, okay, that was an experiment. So we could very easily jump into this alternative timeline mm. in the RTSs, go along in them for a bit, and then once some characters in that saga are established, bring them back over into Warcraft expansions because it's quite difficult to establish characters in an MMO as opposed to a game where you have direct control. Yeah, I mean, and Blizzard are so good at their characterization and mm. cross-platforming. I, like, this is a little bit more relevant to me more recently because I started playing Hearthstone, yeah. which is yeah. The, the first Blizzard game I've ever played. I never played Warcraft, never played I got you, Gears I, of Storm, anything like that. I've been bullying you to play it for months and you've finally done it. It's just Magic the Gathering. Yeah, it's and it's Magic ruined. the Gathering on your phone, pretty much. And it's ruining your life. But for some reason, it's a lot less nerdy. <laughs> yeah, it's I really... don't know why that, like, <laughs> if you're with your friends at a table with, like, physical cards, summoning your wizards, tapping your mana, that's somehow less nerdy than 
in an app on your phone. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's right, guys. Uh, I don't think that's true either. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Uh, yeah. Who's watched Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. First day at camp. Yeah, so yeah. I, because I, it was the day before Gamescom, and um, the, the evening of, and I texted Rory at like 11, and our flight was at 7, and I was like, have you started packing yet? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, pack, I've just start, finished watching Wet Hot American Summer. It's really funny. And then he started watching it, and you didn't like it at first, did you? It was really weird. So when I first started watching it, it had the same kind of effect that... Uh, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt had on me mm. which was the jokes weren't quite landing and mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure what I was watching but the, where it differed was with uh, Kimmy Schmidt I had no desire to continue watching it I was re- kind of forcing it for some reason Wet Hot American Summer I was like there's something here and I, I'm, I'm not quite getting <laughs> just it but I really want to watch the next episode um, so about, story. about yeah so, <laughs> yeah, so about so about three episodes in or so, I actually went back and watched the original film. And then after that, everything made so much more sense. And I went back to it. I started getting a lot more of the jokes. And I can see why the original film was a cult hit. There's something about it that I after I watched it with it, it's just this, it's just stuck in my head. Well, and that's, I was like, that's weird that you've watched the TV show without watching the film. Yeah. Well, so I was going to, I did my research beforehand because I think you pointed the, t- the, the trailer out to me on site. Um, and I was like, Oh, this looks great. It's got an all-star cast, you know, amazing. Yeah. And so then when I, I did the research, and I was like, oh, it's the same cast of the movie, yeah. largely. And um, then I kind of started looking at reviews of the movie, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll be better if I come to this with fresh eyes. So I did, which was a bold move. Um, yeah. But I, it landed on me, like, kind of off the wall, just insane humour with no kind of grounding. Yeah, but it works for me. It'd be interesting to see what you think of the film now, having watched the yeah, show. Yeah, you should watch it. that way around. And actually, that's chronologically, that's how it should work. Yeah. Because um, it should pay off a lot of the things that are set up in the show. <laughs> uh, but you you pretend to be American. And um, this, this, this film was not a hit in the UK. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it got theatrical release. Um, I'm surprised that it's not something you've grown up with in the way that I grew up with Caddyshack, which I think it's in the same Re- yeah, ballpark. I find it really strange that I, I had never even heard of the film before. Um, I guess because I was, I grew up largely in the UK, so maybe if it wasn't a big hit over here, mm-hmm. it wasn't... But I feel like the, my, my dad at least would have like watched it. And I, I have a big... Uh, summer camp history I went to summer camps when I was a kid I I counseled as a summer camp was nothing like this summer camp he was a camp counsellor and I was like what yeah I was like when I first heard there was about counsellors at a summer camp I was like oh I counselled at a summer camp for like four years and I was like oh this would be cool and I watched this and I was like whoa this was not my (laughs) camp lots of chicks oh so many chicks um Yeah, it also, uh, the film came out just after 9-11 as well, oh, which I God. think affected it in the States as well, the success of it. It, it certainly was was a flop when it came out, yeah. yeah, as well as getting not brilliant reviews and then this cult built up around it. But um, I just think I, I didn't enjoy the film and I really enjoyed the TV show and I mm-hmm. can't figure out why. why. I, think the, I think the writing's better this time mm-hmm. around. I think it works in half hour uh, sort of episodes and mm. also I, f- I just think it's that much it was fun the joke was in the, in the, in the film that they're in their mid-twenties and they're playing teenagers <laughs> yeah and now the joke is they're in their mid-forties and they're playing <laughs> they're playing even younger teenagers yeah uh, and it, it I think that's really funny like every time you've got to keep reminding yourself yeah, yeah that, that kid's 17 it's so yeah, funny that 40 year old man I love it I, I really really loved it like and um, <laughs> like how and um, <laughs> Michael Zara 
swearing it's piss oh stained and it's just piss like pot, the lawyer. Piss pot. yeah it's just so <laughs> stupid but, but like, by far my best my favourite thing in both the film and the TV show is uh, Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black's uh, love <laughs> love affair I just think it's really really funny I love it I thought it was so I mean I love Amy Poehler as well at the best of times yeah um, like and just that like you know the lines where she's like you know I'm 16 I've got my whole life ahead of me yeah, and yeah. you're just like what? yeah um, and also funny you should mention Gene Wilder earlier when the acting coach comes in and tries to do the full <laughs> that's what I was at, and, when we were yeah. talking about Willy Wonka uh, I burst out laughing yeah the guy yeah. from Mad Men isn't he yeah um the good. Jones, right. mask work it's, it's, it's really yeah, it's <laughs> it what we call mask work it's just it's so good, good. It's really and um, I don't know because as I say I had no touch then for it and maybe that was a good well, thing but I'd, I'd like to see the movie now this is good so this is a definite cup of joe from all three of us yeah, yeah. which all is right. rare uh, next up Rory something I know nothing about really oh, Again. I know so much about this so we got some new details about the Power Rangers movie that's going to be released next year uh-huh. now I have gone into detail in the past about my history with Power Rangers, the gang wars that participated in my primary school. <laughs> so this is a large part of my childhood. Having the second name Powers, it's an obligation <laughs> to be involved in the Power Rangers. Um, so some of the information that we got this week was uh, character descriptions, yeah. which is making me very Cup of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's making you coffee? <laughs> I, have, I have no reason so far to be worried about this reboot. So, I mean, the description is that they're gonna, it's going to be a mature adaptation, but still quite playful, which mm. is perfect for me. Obviously, we got the, the kind of gritty reboot that came that a lot of people really liked. Uh, Adi Shankar, you know, his kind of bootleg yeah, yeah, adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he did the brief one, didn't he? The, which was, it was really interesting. But uh, it was very dark. It was almost a pitch. Power Rangers. I, I can't quite Yeah, that, he, he does that. He does those. Quotes. He's done yeah. it a few yeah. times now. It yeah. was really. It was a very, very cool uh, interpretation. Um, but obviously, I like to see the you know the playful side of it. Uh, the character descriptions is the original. The it has all the original names and very similar descriptions to the original cast of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So we got Jason, Kimberly, Trini, Billy, and Zach mm. all making reappearances. Very similar to our original characters. I'm really excited about this. This is one of the the first films that I know we're kind of going through this reboot uh, phase of of television. I'd say this is definitely one of the films that I'm most I have the most nostalgia for and is very very important to me so I'm a little cautious of how they're going to uh, interpret this film I wonder if they're gonna they're gonna try and uh, make it so it appeals to the same audience that Power Rangers appeal to originally or maybe they're gonna do like the Disney thing where it's like a widespread mm. younger audience will appreciate it older ones will yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do it but so far as I said it's all it's all Joe I'm all I'm Joe. really excited because I used to spend every Saturday morning getting up early watching it I'd have fallen out with my grandpa because when he came down from England to stay he recorded over my VHS of the episode oh. where they got their ninja powers and I never no. re- really forgave him well your uncle was also Rita Repulsa as well so yeah, that, that well, didn't help kind of kind of <laughs> still still a what did, what did he record? He oh, it was like something to do with birds, like and because he was a wildlife photographer. And it's like, oh, oh well, good for you. Sounds like a nice man. Well, my, you know what? It doesn't matter because he had no respect for another man's VHSs. Um, my brother used to love Power Rangers so much that we would uh, on Saturday mornings they would have a showing, so we would watch the episode yeah. and then. Uh, 
an hour later, they would show the same episode, but on the Irish channel on television. Mm-hmm. So they would, it would just be the dub same it. episode, <laughs> but, but, but in Irish. And we would just watch the, the oh. same episode that we just watched, but in Irish. So we knew what they were saying, but we just wanted to watch the same thing. Um, yeah. Can you just recorded it and watched it again in English? We weren't smart enough. This is, but this is, this is the interesting <laughs> film. Definitely weren't smart enough. It was one of the first films I saw, the original movie. Yeah. In the Grand, Previ- Grand Pavilion in uh, Portugal, South Wales. They put on a special screening. No All way. the kids of the town. And yeah, I went and my parents parents wish they were dead I think this is the first time I'm really d- thinking that maybe I'm too old to do this job because <laughs> Turtles and, t- and Transformers I grew up with but this no. one is this one is definitely there must not have been time. that big a gap because I watched, no, no, I watched Ninja Turtles when it, I was growing up it, it, no, wasn't, it wasn't a huge gap but I was I was definitely too old for it when, when they, it, when it, when they it repeated back. a lot of that kind of I was probably about 15 well. I was probably about 15 and you you're never too you're never too old for Power Rangers Chris yeah but I think if you've grown up with it maybe you're not but if because I still like Turtles but yeah. like oh yeah okay it's just like this seems ridiculous yeah well I think <laughs> well we're clearly the audience in terms of like because they what are, seems ridiculous about a group of teenagers with attitude harnessing <laughs> the powers of ancient dinosaurs? I'll, I'll be honest with you, though. I'm sure they've watched the success of Transformers and the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, yeah. and I think you'll find something that's tonally similar to that because, you know, what, no matter what you think of Transformers or that Turtles reboot, which I only watched the other day and thought was okay, mm-hmm. um, they made a fortune. So, yeah. And this is in that same universe. Well, especially with Transformers because a, a large part of Power Rangers is giant robots yeah. fighting each other and destroying cities yeah. which you know at the time was men in suits fighting in little miniature towns it, it, with spark shooting well it does so, I mean, sound a, a like a whole you know CGI I it, mean I feel very guilty saying this but a big CGI Power Rangers battle I think would be pretty well, epic yeah. you shut your whole mouth because we don't want that I want proper effects but it does sound like they are kind of going for you some... want a middle aged man <laughs> in a dinosaur suit stomping around little New York yeah you missed that <laughs> but like but it does sound interesting it does sound like they, they are kind of see- they have to use CGI <laughs> to do this. Oh, God. It's going to look but like... I don't, I don't want it to be too CGI. Like, I don't... No. Like, I hated Transformers. It was too CGI. Um, the first one was... I liked the first one. Okay. It has to be, though. But um, uh, one of the things, like, when looking at the character descriptions, you know, they do deal with quite a few issues that I think, you know, they mentioned in Billy's description, you know, he's clearly um, on the spectrum. He's got OCD and, you know, dealing with those kind of issues he has to cope with. Um, Zach comes from like a very poor single parent family yeah. and it's like they, so they are kind of moving it up a little bit well that's it they've, they've taken these these silhouettes of characters yeah. these very basic premise one like characters exactly yeah so as you said it's like you know you got Billy who at the time was like Billy's the nerdy one he's the smart <laughs> one but now they've given it you know it's just it's modern cinema Cinema. they're giving him more complex characteristics yeah. about his backstory why he is the way he is which obviously is gonna is gonna absolutely change the premise that's yeah. why you know this is a, a brand new film adaptation and not it's not going to be a new show on Disney yeah can Disney we easy. can we stop talking about Power Rangers Fine. we can try let's we move on to another one I, of I, my I, favourite like topics yeah I see I'm going to have to do my homework on that one uh, wow <laughs> yeah World of Warcraft I'm back on the back on the goods that's it's awful well it's after they announced the expansion last week I was in Germany and so I couldn't play and I was like oh screw it and I just kind of signed up anyway and like redid my subscription and going back into it actually I, it's it's like getting a fix oh, after such a long time it's like coming home it's like a big hug <laughs> that's the segue speaking of okay, I was gonna World say like, I just it, I really really like do enjoy that game and I'm excited for the expansion but I just thought I kind of went back and was expecting to hate myself a little bit but I don't I really like it and I've been playing it every evening this week and so once again all the games that I should be playing for my job are on the back burner 
I, I, I fancy giving it a go. It's really good. Is it easy to start or is it quite yeah, hard? They've really streamlined it. So we've got it on the on the PC in in here. So you should definitely give it a go. Yeah. Because obviously with the movie coming out next year, Indeed. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. I think. I want someone to uh, cut together a, a series of cinematics that will prepare me for the movie, so that I don't have to invest time. <laughs> And I think the guy will become addicted yeah, to this. Yeah, you, I, you don't have to know the game at all to appreciate the film. Okay. You, know, you know, I've spent time on set. I've spoken to them. I was at Comic Con with them. You know, they're, they're making it for everyone. Not, awesome. not, yeah, not forget. As we kind of said, it, like so. Basically, this is the story of the first game, pretty much. And then, if they do more, they'll do more. But so, World of Warcraft is kind of set far, far in the future. And some of those characters do appear in it. Mm-hmm. But. Um, but yeah, lots has changed. Do you think there'll be little nods in the film to Lego? Remember this, or like, do you know this from the game? It's it's been interesting. I think they might, but I I, I don't think they'll be. You know, they won't be too big because, as you say, you don't. It's for everyone. Yeah, there's going to be a lot there. There's yeah. going to be. I can't. I'm not allowed to talk about it annoyingly. <sighs> I'm excited. It's but annoying. As soon as you go on set and you sign this blooming form, you can't say anything. And who then, is it? Is it Henry Cavill who's a massive fan? Or he is. Yeah, he was we a massive. Really? Him in this week, but it didn't happen. Yeah, he nearly he nearly um missed. The, well, he's the phone, he missed the phone call from, from Zack Snyder offering the role of Superman because he was playing it. <laughs> Are you serious? You've no idea. I used to spend... That's crazy. Out, like, you know, it's, thankfully, it's much more casual, friendly now than it used to be. But yeah, I used to, it used to suck up a lot. I'm imagining then uh, Zack signed into World of Warcraft and, and <laughs> sent him a little, <laughs> yeah. little message. Hey, you're Superman. Yeah. Like, BTW. Yeah, who is this block? <laughs> like, <laughs> can we go in the real world? Okay, we Why must. Not? I did an interesting thing the other day. So there's a really cool film coming out this year called Legend. Yes. In which Tom Hardy plays Ronnie and Reggie Cray, mm. who were two gangster twins who practically ran London in the 1960s. Um, and as part of the promotion of the film, they took me on a tour. Uh, it was at East End Tour is the Twitter handle of the of the people. Mm. It was awesome. Yeah. If you like violence and murder and uh, evil then this is the tour for you because you got to see the house they grew up in the boxing club they went to the greasy spoon where they ate uh, and then the pub where they came up with their plan uh, the other pub where they shot a man to death finished off with a round of bingo with Barbara Winter <laughs> fantastic <laughs> so yeah uh, just if you want to prep at all for this movie legend uh, I thoroughly recommend East End Tour and uh, the film I think I'm not even supposed to be talking about that yet but uh, Tom Hardy is a f- Phenomenal, yeah. Playing these two roles, yeah. When's it out? Uh, September 9th I was going to say it's soon because there's a board that I pass um, outside Hill's Court. On yeah. And how you got to imagine it is, it's 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 a British gangster film, but done in the style of an American gangster film. Mm-hmm. So think of of Goodfellas or or Casino, but oh, set wow. in London. It looks really 60s. good from what yeah. I've seen the clips so far. And like, the cast is really the cast awesome. is brilliant. And I took my dad, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> took in there because he, he's got some crazy everyone everyone of that age who lived in London has a, has some kind of crazy story we don't really have crazy London's not that crazy at the minute we need to spice things up guys well there's, there's gangs and there's it's, it's a different kind of crime now uh, organised um, yeah very organised um, out to the suburbs and yeah. finally Rory you've got something weird on here that I don't this understand. is a bit of weird news I was tempted to put this in the bad section but overall it's kind of Funny, I'm, I'd put sense. it in the bad section, but that's just me. You would put okay. So basically, uh, there is an attorney from Staten Island who was accused of aiding a client in fraud, and he wants to settle the case with trial by combat. So I know you're not a big game of uh, Game of Thrones fan, Chris, but it's basically what it sounds like. 
in, pl in place of a trial, you can and either fight yourself or nominate someone to fight on your behalf. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think Game of Thrones came up with that concept. I yeah, know, it might have I been around pre-Game of Thrones. I was gonna, I I was, it's slightly regressive, uh, an idea, taking us back to the medieval ages. But hey, if we, we built up this justice system. It's well, clearly it. not great, working. Great, great scene in Flash Gordon with uh, Trial by Combat. Really? Mm. <clears throat> well, he claims that because no court, to his knowledge, has outlawed the practice, it's still a valid alternative to uh, civil court. So it's one of these archaic laws that hasn't yet been kind of I guess squashed. so. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've got some of them. My dad my dad can take his <laughs> sheep over uh, London Bridge uh, whenever he wants and the traffic has to stop for him. <laughs> and if my dad is hanged, um, he doesn't have to use a normal rope. He can use a silk rope. Oh, well, that's why? Nice. Why are your dad? Uh, he's a freeman of the city of London. Very nice. Yeah. Isn't uh, there something you can shoot a Welshman between <laughs> the hours of something and something <laughs> and like something? Yeah. There's a lot of these. Yeah, I, was I say. do want to shoot you though. Yeah. So this it. this Thank just you. sounds like nonsense, though. Well, is this nonsense? It, it is nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, it's definitely not going to materialize into anything. It's but very Rory. It's, it's pretty know. fun. It made me think. You know, if you were given the if you were given the opportunity to do trial by combat, who would you choose? My uncle to Brian. Fight? My uncle, yeah. uncle Brian. Brian. <laughs> I was thinking. I don't know. I'd just Dan Kilby. I was thinking Jackie Chan. He might be a good one. I, I met I met a guy in Texas who uh, I would like on my side he was the he's an Irishman he was the bare knuckle gypsy boxing champion oh my wow. lord that's a man that you want in your in your corner yeah that's that's terrifying yeah though. I also want to see your uncle fight Jackie Chan <laughs> I think that would be is that now what we're building up to my uncle yeah. Brian's is more like the uh, the Irish gypsy dude okay, okay. Uh, anyway probably shouldn't have used the word gypsy uh, let's, <laughs> let's move on so Cup of Joe was the positive what yeah. was the, what's the negative this week the negative Luke? is yellow snow yellow snow which you should not eat never eat yellow snow uh, I'm going to kick off with uh, True Detective season 2 Right. So, and I believe neither of you have watched it. I know, I know about completely, it. Completely useless. <laughs> so, True Detective Season 1, one of the best bits of TV I've ever watched, mm -hmm. apart from the finale, which I thought was a let down, the final episode. It's just a, it's just a brilliant piece of TV. This follow-up has been massively disappointing. Mm. Um, they've been, uh, they've been a, a minority, um, vocal minority on Twitter that think it's a, a work of genius. I just think the guy bit off more than he could chew, the writer... Um, is it the story? It had good moments. It's, it's everything. It had good moments. Like Colin Farrell's great in it. There, there are some great sequences, um, some great twists. But overall, I couldn't understand what was going on. The plot was too complicated. There's four or five main characters, which was just too many. Yeah. The structure wasn't as interesting with, with, with um, the first season. The, the way they jumped around in time was really mm. clever and smart. Uh, the direction wasn't really it, the original so it was what's he called Nicholas Polizzo I think is his name the guy that wrote has written all of it himself which is incredible yeah uh, it was Kari Fukunagua um, directed the first season and got a lot of credit which I don't think the other guy liked and so he's not involved this time it's been a different director each week um, and so without that over that's a bit dangerous yeah that the vision of the first one and the, the tone of it and everything it didn't feel like it had that identity to string uh, it together kind of yeah the finale was a bit all over the place and they kind of they kind of the, one of the most interesting characters was kind of benched I felt uh, mm. and Vince Vaughn I was so excited to, to see this do for Vince Vaughn's career what everyone was when I heard when we all heard who's casted yeah it was I thought that's great insane. casting yeah. and he just it, it was just beyond him to play this uh, kind of kingpin mobster he just I don't know I just didn't buy it I didn't buy it 
So, yeah, just a bit disappointed, really. And I think I'm done with it now. I mean, maybe if they do a third one. Do we know if they... If it's no, no word yet. I mean, it, it's taken a bit of a mauling. So yeah. it depends whether he wants to do it and then it's up to the network. But yeah, I don't know, man. I wish they'd left it at one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it kind of sullied it? Uh, no, not 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 particularly. But like, um, I just it was just I had two months ago I had such high expectations and mm. just just forcing yourself to watch it each week was was a bit painful. Well, do the, the narratives to both seasons better. tie together in any? Sense? No, not at all. Not well, at then all. at least there's that. that and, and it was different. Entities. Yeah, the first one was they were kind of different in that one was they were both kind of noirs, TV noir. But what the first one was about a serial killer. This one was much more about a conspiracy that was a, a bit more akin to Chinatown. If you've ever seen Chinatown, yeah. Big yeah. trouble <laughs> in Little China. <laughs> anyway, so that's my that's my sad. So my, my thing is, uh, I mean, it's it's more of a whine, really. It's not. It's kind of just being. It's what we love here. It's kind of just being entitled. But um, PlayStation Plus um, subscription prices are rising in the UK and parts of Europe. It's um, more than Xbox now, I believe. Yeah, in from the so it's rising from the first of. Um, September and it's not really a big deal because in fairness they've recently it's only going to affect the one month and the three month options so if you Mm -hmm. still buy annually you're still going to have the same price which I think is 40 quid they haven't announced how much they're going to up the um, the other ones yet but um uh, you know they they did raise the issue, raise it in some other territories earlier in the year, and they did also add um, as opposed to when it first launched, you only got one PS4 title. Yeah. Now you get two, so you can see you know the value has increased. So it's it's fine. It's just one of these things that I would have liked if they'd done it alongside us getting. Um, a triple A release for yeah. the PS4 each month because at the moment we're still getting some indie games and some of them are great like you know everyone loves Rocket League that's awesome we're not gonna we're not oh gonna compl- not gonna complain are about we talking that about one. Rocket League no we're not talking about Rocket League but um, basically no I'm, I'm not complaining about that I just think it's one of these things that it would have been nice if when they upped it they also did that and were like now we are going to start introducing some high quality retail games as well to the service but you know. It's it's a small gripe in what I do think is a fantastic service, but actually, uh, there's been quite a lot of good news this week, and, and finding some yellow snow was difficult. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it's just it's a minor inconvenience, yeah. which means to the internet it's the end of the world. I mean, I it's buy- like the the worst thing that's but ever it's, happened. It's, it's an ongoing thing. Netflix prices, I mean, yeah. they, the, all the prices, every price goes up. And yeah. the point a lot so, of people make is why would you not be buying it yearly? Yeah, you know, if you're well, not, I don't buy yearly. I'm I'm on a monthly. Oh, see, I see only because, because I just have a PS4 in the office, yeah. so I never know when I'm like. See, this thing. Rocket League's gone. <laughs> you never know. So yeah, I don't know. I, I see. I'm you know I'm PS4 for the foreseeable future, so there's no reason why I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. Uh, finally, you guys haven't seen Fantastic Four, have you? Dying to see it. Not so, potato head teller. Obviously, that's been the big news for the last couple of weeks. Is is the uh, lack of quality yeah. they're in, <laughs> and then the disappointing box office and. I don't know, I could talk about it here, but um, we're going to do a superhero show on it yeah. uh, that will be live after this podcast goes up. So maybe just check that out. Me and Daniel are going to go to town on it, really talk at length about what went wrong. Um, we, we got a lot of feedback as well. But yeah, just, just I think, that's a lot of listeners. Uh, did anyone like it? Yeah. Let us know if you liked it. You know, the 45 mi- first 45 minutes are okay. They're not 
disastrously well, bad. Well, that's what I've heard, yeah. The, the actual introduction, how they get their powers and that kind of process is is reasonably entertaining. But, but I, I watched the... Over the weekend, I watched the 2005 movie. Yeah. Was it? And then the, the, the one 20 years ago that Roger Corman made for a million dollars that never got released. And I honestly don't know which one I like the least. Um, they're, they're just... All three have just got really bad moments to them and, and maybe this one is the worst because it's 120 million dollars spent on it yeah. I don't know if they ever really nailed the casting for me because this seemed like I think the cast I think the cast was good I'd see I've don't really like Miles Teller as a human being. But I, I like I like Jamie. Keep calling him a potato. He has a potato head. Um, I quite like my. I do quite like um, Michael B. Jordan a lot, though. Kate Mara, I really only know from Game of um, not Game of Thrones, House of Cards, um, and then uh, Jamie Bell, I quite like. I just think it's kind of fascinating. Were they all good? We've had so many. We've had so many superhero films. They've been such successes. I find it really fascinating to take this as an example and just dissect the film, like tear it apart, find out where it went wrong, why it went wrong. I'm sure that's what you're going to do. The superhero show, exactly. There's a lot. There's a lot going around, isn't it? But equally, let let us know if if you liked it. Mm -hmm. Let us know why. Um, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Yeah. Which brings us nicely on to this week's emails feedback. Um. First one I've got is from uh, Kyle Chester Marsden, who gave us the name for our good and bads this week. Lovely, lovely man. Uh, he said, a few weeks ago, Daniel mentioned how he absolutely despised the new Spectre trailer and how he also thought it was the worst trailer he'd ever seen. That's I was quite, quite shocked. See, I don't remember him saying it was the worst trailer. I think I was on that podcast. He talked about... Uh, That's quite how, full on. <laughs> he talked about how, how it, it lacked that wow moment, which I personally agreed with that it was... So, for example, um, I... It wasn't Casino Royale. It was um, Skyfall that had the, the moment in the trailer, you know, where it tears off the back of the train carriage and he kind of falls down and adjusts the cufflinks. Incredible moment. And that's just the bullet point in that trailer that really just yeah, hits yeah. it home. The money shot. Exactly. And this trailer didn't, it kind of fizzled out, mm. I felt. So I, I was kind of agreeing with him. I don't, I wouldn't say that it's the worst trailer I've ever seen uh, All right, uh, before. So Carl wants to know, what's the best trailer for a film you've ever seen and why? Best uh, just to be clear, the movie can be absolute yellow snow, but the trailer can be cup of joe um, one of my personal favourites was Cloverfield uh, teaser trailer J.J. Abrams and the disaster theme worked so well to make that trailer pretty much a short story yet ending it with a definite I want more of this feeling what are your thoughts uh, I, I, I'm in full agreement actually I, I prefer a teaser to a trailer Yeah, I like it when they almost show nothing from the film uh, there have been some when I was a kid that, that they did that they, they shot stuff separately um, Terminator 2 Jurassic Park those are always my favourite I don't mm-hmm. need to see you know I don't need to see loads of footage to, yeah. to, to, to be interested Just and J.J. Abrams has done a similar thing with, with trying to keep his projects quite secretive Super 8 had a really good tri- teaser as well yeah um, one big trailer that I really liked was Prometheus I, thought, I remember the thinking that was one of the best trailers I'd seen um, and I like the viral stuff that's happening these days around them The Martian Prometheus did the same I, I like that tactic rather than showing me five money shots that yeah. make me want to see the I movie. quite like Chronicle I just like, I just remember the way it kind of um, be, I quite liked it because it was so representative of what the movie was it like, was really you know, cool so, and also especially even it's quite difficult especially at the time it came out when there was such um, fatigue with fan footage movies and stuff yeah. it did manage to it didn't it would have been so easy for it to kind of hide from the fact that it was a fan footage movie and all that but it didn't and yet still within that teaser 
it made me think, hmm, there's something I want to watch here. And it was just had a very nice pacing in the way it built up. It did, didn't it? It was just um, some, it was something about watching TV and having this found footage and not really an introduction as to what you were watching. Mm. So you're like, okay, so it's some sort of documentary style. And then once you see the kind of the slow introduction of these supernatural powers, yeah. you're, just, you're really drawn into it. Mm. I remember as soon as uh, I finished watching it, I was like, Oh, well, like, what was the name of the film? I'm like, have you seen the trailer of the like that oh, the thing? Cool. Of the, yeah, yeah. The thing it's exactly the thing. what a trailer is supposed to do: is get you like talking about the film, get you yeah. excited about the film, and they really nailed it with Chronicle. Because it's one, and I don't know, maybe because it's found footage and it was just edited so well. But you know, so often if it's too many changes and breaks, you know, or too obvious a trailer, you you look away or you do something else. It's an ad break. Who cares? But with that, it actually kind of made you I'm be not, like, hang coming, on, it's all coming yeah, back to I want to. I just want to have a little look at this. What's happening? So that I really little, like Chronicle. That little end where he's pulling apart the legs of the spider. Yeah. Just that bit. Oh, that love bit, it. Because that's really, the still really that they kind of closed with, didn't they? Yeah, fantastic. I actually, I was kind of racking my brain because a lot of my favorite films, I don't even remember seeing the trailers originally. I just remember seeing the films. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe because it's that's so recently, question, and maybe because man. it's the hype, <laughs> but it's uh, Star Wars. Yeah. This trailer for Star Wars. I've seen it so many times now, and it's just... It's just, it's just chills. It really, really is getting me hyped for the film. Yeah. The nostalgia, the excitement, seeing the characters, the noises, these worlds. It's just, it's it's awesome. Jeez, man. But I've been there before. Like, it was just at the That's start of the internet was the Phantom Menace trailer. And that was, that was the first big deal trailer. I remember when it went online and everyone was waiting for it to load up because no one had high speed internet. <laughs> yeah, and then two days later... To be fair, in. Phantom Menace was a terrific trailer, actually. Uh, so I'd always te- because of that I'll always temper my my um, excitement but <laughs> I agree with you um, yeah it, that's a really good trailer well yeah d- d- just kind of a flip from this because there's stuff again about the Fantastic Four right I hate it when there's stuff in the trailer and then it's n- it doesn't make it to the final film yeah Predators was one that was really annoying when it came to that yeah. the film was called Predators and there's multiple Predators in the same shot in the trailer and then there was one predator in the trailer, <laughs> it's like, like something's oh. happened here um, yeah the Fantastic Four there's, there's a, a bunch of shots and that's something we might actually look yeah. into on the on the show cool so um, from Hashim Yilmaz um, he says Has, having just listened to podcast 292 on Gamescom uh, the- yeah which I didn't like because I get the piss taken out of me twice and I'm not even there to defend myself so hey listen Rory and I were in the same room and it didn't go particularly well for us Um, we've just learned to kind of take it as it were I was wondering if it is held at the Colmes Um, I work in the nursery industry and there's a baby trade show no real babies traded at the show before you ask (laughs) every year in September at the mess yeah it is um, hosted there so what's a baby trade show you you, you, you don't trade babies you like look at it's like the nursery industry so you know different types of cots different toys yeah. different Food, stuff like that yeah. I'd be like here's a yeah. new baby came in this morning he's a <laughs> yeah. five give, pounder I'll give you two three months <laughs> for your six months like yeah no um, right basically um, it, it's it's a pretty weird weird centre it's massive um, and this year I was lucky enough to be based almost solely in the business hall which is basically four halls um, where it's just industry and so it's air conditioned it's lovely you can walk from one end to the other you just see all the people you know in the industry it's very nice oh, it's very chill what a lovely time you had um, what a lovely time you Rory, we Rory we warned Rory that um, the other end of the building were the public halls and it was as the, one of the only games consumer shows that there is out there it is and especially the only one in Europe it is an absolute cluster Rory didn't believe us so we were like oh so you'll be very very happy to go and do some off screen on the public days to which he replied yes yes I will um, 
And how do you feel now, Rory? Well, I've been to I've been to kind of conventions before. I've been, been to, to MCM, the, the and MCM, the like. yeah, which I thought was a lot of people. Um, you know, Comic Con it's notorious for having a lot of people there. Gamescom was beyond comprehension it was more people in one place than I've ever seen in my entire life beyond before. comprehension's a big shout <laughs> yeah. I could not comprehend what I was seeing yeah well Rory couldn't comprehend what day it was earlier today so that's true I thought it was Wednesday um, for a place called Cologne the residents do not know a lot about, <laughs> about body odor about body odor um, so I it was basically two days of me lugging around a very large camera and tripod um, for hours and hours through the halls <laughs> of Gamescom. I was unbelievably exhausting. I must have walked at least 10 miles every single day with this stuff. And that'll teach you. That'll teach you to be too... But it was, but it was, it was fun, though. I definitely appreciate it, because, I mean, it, it was obviously entertaining when I got to do stuff in the business center, go test games and things. Yeah. But it was also really cool being on the show floor and being mm. in the excitement with the public. Yeah. And, and you got to film quite an amazing fight. You I did. did. I did. So if anyone hasn't seen this yet, I was doing a cosplay roundup video and uh, I was filming this amazing Spider-Man. That was unintentional. <laughs> he was an amazing Spider-Man. Uh, really great cosplay. And he was kind of getting into it, doing all these moves. I was getting some great shots. Then out of nowhere, we hear this laugh kind of panned off to the right. Like, it's just... Ah, <laughs> ah, 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 ah. So I kind of do this office style zoom pan over <laughs> to reveal the worst and simultaneously greatest goblin costume that you have ever seen in your entire life and then uh they they continue to have this this unchoreographed horrible socially awkward <laughs> most socially awkward fight you've ever seen in your entire life it's just the most cringe thing and you can hear me sniggering trying to hold it together as we film this I'm doing all these crash zooms and like all these pans trying to make it as dramatic Bam. as possible yeah, Whoa. So, you can, you can uh, hear Rory laughing I'm trying to I can't um, keep it together it's so funny but so check it out on site. yeah we'll, we'll embed that in the, in the, in the yeah in the you, thing yeah. Um, so he basically also then says uh, the port knuckle I didn't have the port knuckle because oh. it scared me too much I just view it as like a fist of ham um, but we, he says his best experiences in terms of food have been in the authentic beer halls rather than the touristy um, restaurants on the waterfront we went to the touristy restaurants on the waterfront because we finished so late we were just like screw it um, we, were, we were eating it like almost 10 at night we, yeah well we were we getting there at 10 times. and then by the time we were ordering it wasn't until I ugh, anyway um, but the pork knuckle oh amazing really good have you ever had it before it's basically just like a it looks like the uh, villain from Indiana Jones has torn a heart out of someone's body and just laid it on a plate. It's basically, in front of a you. It looks pig incredible. fist. So Rory has a fetish for fist. Um, and then finally, can you recommend what UK-based gamer show to attend? EGX is the only one that I can really think of. Yeah, is that co that's coming up quite <coughs> soon, right? That is. That's in September, um, and mm. it's in I think twenty fourth to twenty eighth, and it's um, in Birmingham this year. Exciting. Will we be sending anyone there or going I'll, there? Or? I'll be going, yeah. Cool. I don't know. I'll be going for a day, I think, but I don't know when. How long does it run for? Four. Wow. Yeah. But um, it's, it's pretty much our, our best one in the UK. So, yeah. Cool. Um, no but pork the, knuckle, There's though, also Game, Game City in Nottingham, which is fun. So, if you come, you can meet Luke. Yeah. Look forward to that, buddies. Uh, number three is from Sam Belazga. Hi, guys. So, I played my first ever indie game yesterday. Congratulations. That being Journey, fantastic start. Good choice. Fantastic start. It absolutely blew my mind. I would love to know your thoughts on the best indie games around for PlayStation 4. Jesus. Now, uh, Sam, we haven't really talked about it on the podcast a lot in the last couple of weeks, but if you've heard of a game called Rocket League before... <laughs> that is a little game. It's a little independent game. Um, 
it's probably my number one. There's, at least right now. There are so many choices. I mean, if you're looking for... Um, the thing about Journey is Journey is quite a unique experience. Mm. So I would probably recommend... Um, it's made by a company called That Game Company. And if you look at their other two games, which um, I think might even be in the free collection um, for PS Plus owners, but they're called Flower and mm. Flow. Um, and they're both quite unique, so that's yeah. a good place to start. Um, it's um, I, I kind of ramp up slowly because a lot of these games are... Um, you know, don't really give you a lot of hand-holding. Um, there's one that's called Don't Starve. Except the hand-holding simulator. Except that one. <laughs> um, there's one called Don't Starve, which is pretty good um, as well, which is kind of... Um, uh, it's a basically a survival thing. You have to gather things during the day to try and survive. Oh, I heard night. that. I heard that game's pretty fun. Yeah, it's but it's really nice. Um, like the hand-drawn art style, it's really good. Um, th- there's a lot of ones. There's um, we've got loads on IGM, but I'd say that's probably it's Fez. It's Fez piece. PS- Fez, I believe, is on PS4 as well. And there's also there's loads. Super of stuff. Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy. I don't. I think it was announced for. PS4, but mm. I don't know if it's out yet. I'm just throwing names out. Yeah, no, I haven't the, played these d- games. D- uh, Super Meat Call Boy. Call of Duty. Super, well. Don't confuse the, the, man, the man. Um, Super Smart, Meat Sam's Boy. Uh, Super Meat Boy is one of Dan's favorite games. So check Sam, that. I would I would keep an eye out for Firewatch, which is an independent mm, yeah. game that I am I am really looking forward. Friend to. of the show, Ollie Moss. Exactly, did an incredible job with the artwork on that game. Yeah. So I keep an eye out for that. I believe that's being released for PC and PS4. So definitely keep an eye yeah. on that for the future. Don't know if we have a date yet, but yeah. I think you might have the next one. I do. Uh, you, you, I by do. the way, you don't have to read out the numbers. I don't have to. Oh no. Okay. It's just for us. This is from Jack Milburn, and this is number four. Um, hello, I'm Jack. I like so, the opening of that. Hello, I'm Jack. Typo. Hello, I'm Jack. Uh, on last week's podcast, you were talking about other podcasts that you listened to, and I just thought I would write you in to say that I have a few that I've been listening to for a good few months. First off is Plumbing the Death Star, where they talk about how things work or don't work in movies. Wow. That sounds good. Sounds like a pretty interesting yeah, I've one. Yeah, heard of it. Uh, next is Movie Maintenance. This podcast is about movies slash TV shows that leave us a little bit disappointed and uh, what they would have done to make it better. Massive changes or just small tweaks. Sounds I'm like sure they're going to be talking about True Detective. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good idea. He also mentions the Distractions podcast with Scroobius Pip, which I've got mixed feelings on, but it certainly has some really good guests on it. Yeah. Um, also, I was just wondering, what does IGN stand for? I've been using the site for about two years, and I still don't know. Well, Jack, I believe it does stand for Imagine German Noodles, <laughs> which is the which is the original title. Um, it used to, wasn't it? Didn't it used to be the Imagine Games Network? Yes, because yep. we were owned by Imagine, and then it got sold, and now it's basically just devolved into yeah, nothing. Yeah, we kind of said it was the Internet Games Network for a while. Um, uh, it started as the Imagine Games Network, and then it just kind of. But I, now we do so much different stuff, right? I got nads. I got, I got nads. nads. I like that. Uh, yeah, it really doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of the brand name now. So yeah. yeah, it's it's super annoying because that question comes up a lot, and you always so frustrated. never really know how to answer it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of my, my answer is nothing, but that's not what people want to hear. Um, so. my, well, my, this thing because my mum's friends are always like, "Oh, what does what does that stand for?" And it's, it's all like, like um, mm, yeah, it's like uh, IT crowd when someone asks. What does IT stand for? <laughs> She's like, Internet things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. Finally, I didn't know whether to read this out or not. It's uh, an email from Peter Gorbert mm. who says, Hi, Following on from Luke's request for fan fiction on the Duck Hunters oh, Facebook no. group, no. my girlfriend and I thought we would give it a go. <laughs> Here is chapter one. Hope you enjoy it. We're going to try and make it a regular blog. 
It's called Luke and Rory, the, and this chapter one is called The Journey. I've read this. I've read this. <laughs> We've both read this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, though. Um, I'll just read some of my favourite bits. Uh, it's about the two of you getting a plane together. Yeah. Uh, it, this was worrying, though, because we read, read it, it. Uh, the, the night after we had got a plane together, and there's a lot of disturbingly similar details. In, in the, the crush of the crowd thronging its way towards the departure gate, Rory caught sight of the cheeky glint in Luke's eye. <laughs> oh my god, don't do this to uh, me. An unfamiliar sense stirred in Rory's stomach. Oh, was this jealousy he was feeling? Uh, no. A bit later on, Luke's hand lightly brushed Rory's peanuts as he adjusted his face <laughs> over. It's on a plane, guys, there's actual peanuts. Yeah. Um... And finally, Rory was asleep in minutes, his head resting gently on Luke's shoulder. Luke smiled knowingly. Um, now, I appreciate this, Pete and Catherine, and you say you're going to make it a regular blog. I don't know if you need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you, you, you can do whatever you want. I just, that made, it made me feel a bit sick in my mouth. I and thought in it my was balls. fantastic, but then I realised it was about sick me and Rory. <laughs> that sounds like a good thing. Um, uh, no, thanks for your reference. It's very well written that was awesome. as well. It was, that's the most worrying part, is that it's incredibly well written. Te- yeah, the terrifying thing is, I was like, this is like, Good stuff that I would pay to read if it <laughs> if it didn't also it's scare me a little unsettling. bit. Unsettling, yeah. And it was it was worryingly true to life at the time that we read it. Uh, what's the email address for people to write in with more fan fiction? IGN under oh wait no that one yes. oh yes IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. Good lad. Yes. Uh, finally, let's go to out this week. Uh, it looks like there's sweet FA happening in games. Pretty much. So catch up on what you've been missing. There's quite a lot of movies coming out though. Uh, Train wrecks out the Amy Schumer movie. I uh, want to see that. Yeah, I'm I haven't her. seen it. The footage I saw from it, I didn't love uh, about a year ago now. Oh wow! But Me I neither. love her sketch show and I love her stand up. So I'm a big fan of hers. So um, Pixels is out, which I didn't think was as bad as everyone else seems to think um, there are some funny moments in it uh, it's the Adam Sandler video game movie obviously um, check out the Josh Gad interview though we put up the full 40 minutes of it mm. uh, he's a really cool guy and even if you don't like the film I think it's an interesting interview you like his mama Fratelli his mama Fratelli impression is good <laughs> but we talk about there's so much to talk about like uh, Frozen Frozen 2 Angry Birds movie he's doing Beauty he's and the Beast guy. live action Very busy. Uh, Book of Mormon possibility yeah. of that being a movie so yeah lots of good stuff there uh, Man From Uncle's Out which I've reviewed uh, you can read that on the site it's okay I'm a big Guy Ritchie fan I didn't think it was quite up to his usual standard uh, there's just no chemistry between those two lead guys mm. uh, Henry Cavill is too darn wooden and absolutely anything uh, that's Simon Pegg Robin Williams and the Monty Python guys oh, wow. which should be a mm-hmm. recipe for absolutely uh, brilliance and it's not it's oh. uh, it's just a bit of a pain not a good week for movies is it no a lot of groaning in my screening um the script isn't just isn't good enough. The Pythons are okay, but they're just kind of in voiceover. Ron Williams is the voice of a dog. It's one of his very final performances, and it's it's not. You're yeah. just sitting there thinking, "I wish I was watching him doing the Aladdin thing." Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just it's okay if it's on tea time one Sunday. It might be mildly kind of amusing, but yeah. So this week, I would recommend uh, watching Trainwreck and the Superhero Show, all about the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I want to see that. Cool, uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening and watching. And uh, Rory, why don't you do the outro this week? Was that not the outro? <laughs> thought that was the outro. Thank you for listening to the IGN UK podcast. Tune in next week where we will be back with even more exciting video game, television, and TV news. Thank you and goodbye. Was that all right? Well, you said 
television and TV, but yeah, that'll Tele- do. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Video games, t- film, film news, film news. Bye, All guys. Right, bye-bye, Duck Hunt. Cheerio. Bye. <laughs>